Biking with Claude at Giverny. My most beautiful masterpiece is my garden. Quote by Claude Monet. The word iris takes its name from the Greek for rainbow. A symbol of hope, wisdom, and courage, it's long been one of my favorite flowers. Perhaps then it will come as no surprise that the artist garden at Giverny is a painting with particular meaning for me. For years, I held on to a notebook with that scene on its cover and penned dreary poetry full of teen angst. Well, on beyond such scribblings of those younger years, that image remains fixed in my imagination, as if I'm there walking in that garden. There was an article that appeared in The New Yorker in 2014 and recently showed up again on social media, entitled, Why Walking Helps Us Think. I particularly related to the idea that since the time of the Greek philosophers, quote, many writers have discovered a deep intuitive connection between walking, thinking, and writing, end quote. Let me tell you that walking in Giverny is like a burst of color in my writer's brain. When you stroll through Monet's beloved flower gardens, you fall under the illusion of seeing floating flower beds under the summer sun. With its banks of irises and hues of purple and blue, the painting recreates that floating sensation. Ever-present is his home in the distance, for which Monet used hints of light to show us a glimpse of his pink house beyond the flower banks. Color, light, atmosphere, those are three words that have been used to describe the work of the Impressionists. It's those images that come to mind when I think of Monet's garden and his paintings. The first time I visited Giverny was in 1994. It was a group visit as part of my college study abroad year. I half listened as the tour guide explained in detail the history of the home and gardens of Claude Monet. I just wasn't that interested in the life of the painter or his family at that time. But I was mesmerized by his gardens. It wasn't simply a patch of earth with a few trees and flowers. Monet had created an entire world. Over the years, I've returned to Giverny several times. Each visit brings new discoveries in the two gardens and village. Last week, after revisiting Giverny, I went to the Musée d'Orsay, where you can find many of Monet's original paintings. The gardens at Giverny and Monet's work completed over 40 years there have inspired me, just as the gardens he created also inspired his work. For this trip, with COVID still in the rear mirror, I decided to rent a bike for the day. You can bring yours on the train at no additional cost. My journey started in Paris at Gare Saint-Lazare. While romantic visions of an old world steam train no longer hold, the TER line gets you from Paris to Vernon-Giverny comfortably in 50 minutes. Besides, coal fuels more than a steam train, it also fuels global warming. It's worth noting that in France, we have what's known as the Voie Verte, or Greenways a series of routes set aside for the purpose of non-motorized activities, 
such as cycling, walking, rollerblading, or even horse riding. The Voie Verte include parks, forest paths, former railroad trails, canals, and even some coastal routes. Some do cross regional roads, so you need to be prepared to cycle along with cars in certain areas. The route from the Epte Valley to Le Havre crosses both L'Avenue Verte, a cycle journey from Paris to London, and the Pilgrim's Route from France to Santiago de Compostela in northwest Spain. There are beautiful bike paths near the Seine River with plans to complete a route from Paris to Le Havre. While there's no officially signed route all the way there at this writing, some cyclists have done it. From a starting point 80 kilometers outside central Paris, in Bréélu, within the Parc Natural Régional du Vexin Français, you can cycle north to La Manche, the English Channel. At the moment, there's only a small completed route that goes through Giverny from the neighboring town of Vernon, inaugurated last year. It's well-maintained and features bucolic scenes and a mostly flat path, perfect for any fitness level. The only drawback, I would say, is that there's little or no shade, so it's best to tackle it in the morning and bring some sunscreen. I rented a standard bike from Givernon Rental Station, right across the street from the Gare de Givernon train station. The prices are fair, and the bikes are new and in excellent condition. They even throw in a basket and a helmet for free. Since tourists aren't exactly plentiful this year, at least not yet, I found that rental agencies such as this one aren't running on a regular schedule, but they will accommodate you if you contact them. After getting on the cycle path, it was an easy route all the way to Giverny. I found myself stopping several times along the 5.3 kilometer route to take photos of the landscape. The fresh air and lush greenery lulled me into a hypnotic state until I remembered that my ticket to the gardens was time-stamped. I arrived at the village just before 9.45. I felt fortunate to get a ticket since the gardens are currently closed to groups and they're only selling individual limited passes by advance purchase online. Giverny is actually two gardens in one. The flower garden called Clonomont, located in front of Monet's house, and the Japanese-inspired water garden. Due to current health restrictions, you must visit the gardens following one direction, starting in the water garden on the other side of the road. The perfect weather and lack of crowds made it a special experience I won't soon forget. The space we were allowed helped me not only to be more present in the moment, but to be grateful for what was in front of me. The security guards at the entrance actually told us upon entering that we should take our time and appreciate it. Then they reminded us to keep our masks on and spritzed our hands with alcohol gel before ushering us through the gate. Unprecedented times for sure, but I don't mind wearing a mask if it helps keep others safe. I also realize how privileged I am to be able to move around and see these places when others are still confined to home. In a lecture given at Stanford University, art historian Michael Marinin stated, quote, Impressionism, a style of painting that originated in France in the 1870s, is characterized by small brushstrokes aimed at reproducing reflected light, and more important, 
the artist visual impression of an immediate scene, usually outdoors. Monet is considered one of the founders of the style. End quote. However, as time passed and Monet continued to create his gardens and paint what he saw, his style changed. Professor Marinin further explained that at Giverny, Monet's work increasingly began to reflect his memory and emotions instead of an impression of a transitory scene. Part of that, I'm also guessing, was due to Monet's failing eyesight. I'm brought back to the process of walking, thinking, and writing as I move through the water garden and over the series of bridges. They're not the originals. Much of the garden and the Japanese-style bridges had to be reconstructed after World War II, following years of neglect after Monet's death. But they've been lovingly restored, as well as his family home. Many of the artifacts in the home are the originals. Walking through the iron gate and crossing the road to the flower garden, I become conscious of the fact that in physical movement, my brain just functions better. Whether walking or cycling, the ideas start churning. The added visual stimulation of the colorful, peaceful gardens also helps me to focus. Whether it's on aspects of my own life or characters and storylines from my novel, walking provides a point of lucidity that I just can't reach sitting in front of my screen at home. While I was reflecting on my visit to Giverny, thinking of it as a biking day, it was even more of a writing day, or rather, a thinking about writing day. Yes, that's a real thing. There are some days that I don't even type a word. I just mentally plan and allow my imagination to make connections before I even open my laptop. For instance, Monet lived at Giverny for 43 years. Retracing his steps as he walked in his gardens and created his art made me wonder, is his ghost still walking those paths? He often left on painting trips. In particular, I'm thinking of two locations, Belle-Île-en-Mer in Brittany and Etretat in Normandy. I understand why Monet felt the need to paint those places, the savage beauty of their cliffs, the sky above, and the shifting tides of the ocean below. He painted the natural stone arches of Etretat in stark contrast to the orderly gardens he created back home at Giverny. I've been fortunate enough to spend time in those places as well, and compared his paintings with the actual locations, now some 150 years later. I also thought about Monet's blended family, his second wife Alice and their eight shared children living in that house, spacious and bright. Called Le Pressoir, or Cider Press, the home was decorated to Monet's specifications, his sense of color and aesthetics. I admit that my favorite room besides his studios was the blue kitchen. Light and airy, I could imagine myself rolling out and kneading dough to bake bread as I looked out upon the open door to the flower gardens. I thought about cooking in those bright, shiny copper pots hanging on the wall, throwing dinner parties for family and friends in the adjoining yellow dining room, as Monet would have done. Museums like this exist for a reason. Their power to transport us back to a different time 
to imagine the lives of those people and the events that helped shape them. I would argue that literature is a bit like that, except with more details filled in. Books paint pictures and words that an artist with her brush would express in a different fashion. As I left Monet's gardens and strolled through the village, I was reminded that Giverny remains a living, breathing dwelling place for the local people. I returned to the same bakery eatery I've enjoyed in the past, Au Coin du Peintre. It's, it's an artisanal bakery as well as a restaurant, and their delicious dishes made with fresh local ingredients are clearly enjoyed by the locals as well as the tourists. It's a great spot to sit for a while, enjoy a glass of rosé, and people watch. I also felt safe enough to have lunch outside on their terrace, and appreciated the fact that their staff were respecting social distancing and health restrictions. Before leaving Giverny, I visited Monet's grave, which is in the back of the little stone church. I also stopped to look at the garden in the back of the Restaurant Baudy, site of a former hotel where many of the Impressionist painters stayed back in the time of Monet and his contemporaries. There's a secret garden in the back and well worth visiting. I also got my fill of happy bicycle vibes that you'll understand once you look at the photos below, or rather in my online blog. In the 19th century, it also included a bar, a small grocery store, and a post office. The hotel welcomed many of the famous artists of the day, including Renoir, Mary Cassatt, Cézanne, Sisley, and sculptor Auguste Rodin. I'll be doing a piece on him shortly since his museum here in Paris is reopening next week. My stomach now content, and hundreds of garden photos later, I returned to claim my rental bike in the parking lot. I took a wrong turn coming out of the village somehow, and it ended up being a great move, as I found myself on a different cycle path up on the hill, looking down at the view below, the homes along the path, and grateful for a small bit of shade. There was hardly a soul on it, since it was late in the day, or rather late at the end of lunchtime, and in France, Lunchtime is still sacred, especially in more rural areas. I made my way back towards the river and finally took in the view that I could only get by biking, of the old mill, the castle, and the river that I rode all around on the psychopaths. As I boarded the train returning to Paris, I took my seat and closed my eyes. The train rolled out of the station, but I was back there in Monet's garden my hands grazing the top of the lavender on either side of me as I glided down the walkway. Monet's belief in the transformative power of nature, transcending time, was alive and well. <laughs>